Welcome to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Scott, and of course we do these Teal Shirt Reports every week. Do as many as one to three episodes a week, and you're in the right place for the Teal Shirt Report. You can find us at anchor.fm. Also, we're on many, many other platforms too. Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Pod Paradise, and many, many others. Check us out on Buzzsprout as well. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report, brought to you by Anchor.fm. Also by Saucerility. Uh, Saucerility, uh, see Larry Saucer. Uh, for many, many real estate listings in North Florida, he's got uh, residential listings, even a few business listings. That's Saucerility. Check out Larry for your North Florida uh, real estate needs. And if you'd like to find his website, go to BigJReport.com. Scroll down in the middle of our weather report all the way down near the uh, tail end of the homepage in the weather area where we do uh, weather for North Florida 24-7. His website will be right in the middle of the weather information. That's Saucer Realty. Check out uh, Larry Saucer's North Florida real estate listings at Saucer Realty. And you can follow us at BigJReport.com as well. The uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast, uh, the show, uh, by the way, is about the Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment. We do some other area sports as well. We'll start with a something I wrote earlier in the week with quarterback Gardner Minshew throwing to Chark, Chenault, Conley, and others. This could be the best wide receiver group the Jags have had in a while. Also, the need for the tight ends to stay healthy is paramount, and perhaps the key to the season. If defensive coordinator Todd Wash's defense can finally stop the run, why was Wash not fired last year? Three straight games of 200 yards of rushing given up by the Jaguars' opponents in three consecutive uh, divisional games right in the middle of the season when the Jags needed the wins. You give up over 200 yards rushing, it almost doesn't matter what the offense does. This may be the key to the season. The key, if defensive coordinator Todd Wash's defense can finally stop the run. Todd Wash is still walking around as the Jaguars' defensive coordinator. And he and his defense, especially him and his defense, have a lot to prove in 2020 if we have a season. COVID-19 deaths are up in Duval County, Florida, from 81 deaths the last time we talked just a few days ago to now 93 deaths as of July the 19th, 2020. So we have gone, you know, in just a handful of days, uh, we've actually gone – from 81 deaths in Duval County to about 93 deaths now as of July 19, 2020, with COVID-19. Also, big news um, as far as the Jaguars go, the uh, franchise tag deadlines where the players are supposed to sign the franchise tag by, you know, July the 15th. And there was only one guy of all the franchise tag players in the league There's only one guy that did not sign his franchise tag 
Well, you guessed it, the Jaguars defensive end pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe becomes the only player not to sign the 2020 franchise tag. So basically the saga is it's up to Yannick. Does he sit out the season? To me, it doesn't look like the Jaguars are going to trade him now. It just looks like uh, he's either going to play on the franchise tag or he'll sit out the season. I think uh, maybe trades are almost off the table now. You know, what's interesting about Unique Ngakwe, you know, he, he got mad about not being traded, of course. He got very mad about that. And uh, through him or, you know, or perhaps his agent, the feeling you get from them with the things that are coming out of Yannick's camp, whether it's him, his representative, or what have you, it's almost like Yannick is saying, how dare you not trade me? And, you know, the Jags on their end, they're saying, hey, from, from the things the Jags are putting out and the fact that they've not traded Yannick, in the Jaguars' mind, and, you know, there were a lot of things that went on in the offseason. There were some tweeting incidents, you know, between Unique and Gawkway and Shad Khan, the Jaguars' owner's son, Tony Khan. I think the Jags are playing hardball with him. But not only that, but I just don't think the Jags are getting the offers that, you know, I think they put out there what they want. I know they want at least one first-round pick and perhaps another draft pick as well. And if they're not getting what they believe is fair value in a trade, you know, they're, uh, Dave Codwell has shown in the past that he makes good trades as far as, uh, you know, he got two first-rounders for Ramsey plus a fourth-rounder. So, you know, Codwell has has made some trades where he's gotten some 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 draft picks for players like, you know, everybody thought that they were typically going to give Foles away and have to give up a draft pick. Well, when they traded Foles to Chicago, hey, the Jags actually got a fourth-round pick in return and were able to dump, you know, a good bit of the salary. Maybe not all of it. They're going to be responsible for some of it, I believe. However, you know, the interesting thing about all this is uh, it doesn't look like unless a team really bowls the uh, – just – offers the Jags just an incredible trade that will fit into what they want for Unique. I don't see them trading him. So it's going to come down to Unique. Do you want to play and make over a million dollars a game? Or are you going to send out the season and not get one penny? Sounds like it's a lot on Unique and his representatives. Who knows with Unique? Maybe his representation will even change. That's the feeling I get that um, – you know, Unique is just, again, I'll repeat, he, it's almost to me like he's saying, how dare you not trade me? You know, get what you can and trade me, is what Unique is saying. The Jaguars, this is a business move on their part. They're expecting fair value in a trade, obviously according to Jags management. The off-the-field incidents, as far as the Twitter stuff between Tony Khan uh, Shotgun's owner and and unique in Gawkway. That's a that's a, a small to medium sized part of it. It's it goes back more than that. I'm I, I'm sure. So that's what's going on with unique in Gawkway. 
He'll either play, make over a million dollars a game in a seven in a sixteen game season, because I believe, you know, he's actually uh, promised over seventeen million dollars. So the Jags are. I mean, it's looking like they're loading up to play hardball with Unique and Gakwe. I think Unique has made in his career with the Jaguars. You know, since you know, since he's been playing, he um, he was a third round pick, and I believe he's made about four million dollars in his career. This year, he has a chance to make over seventeen million dollars. Finally, the incredibly good money play on the franchise tag. Hey, have a great season as a pass rusher, a lot of sacks, but the Jags got guys that can do that job. Now. I mean, they got Josh Allen. They've just drafted Caleb on chase on. So they've drafted pass rushers in each of the last two drafts. So I think unique is uh, kind of painted into a corner. And as I understand it, the Jags can do the franchise tag next year on Unique as well. You know, they could have two years of this. So we'll see what happens with that. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Thank you for tuning into the Teal Shirt Report. You can follow us at BigJReport.com. Remember, we're brought to you by Anchor.fm and Saucerility for all your North Florida uh, listings, whether they be residential business listings, contact Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty. Go to our website, bigjreport.com, and you'll find uh, Saucer Realty's advertisement on the homepage all the way down to where the uh, weather information is, about midway through the weather information, and uh, check out Saucer Realty. You are listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We got a lot more coming up. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report with Scott. One other thing on Unique and Gakwe. You know, Unique, but not on a consistent basis, has he been able to stop the run. I think if he plays on the franchise tag for the Jaguars and he can prove he can stop the run, I think it'll help his stock in getting a long-term deal with someone else because he's already stated he doesn't want a long-term deal in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. But I think some teams look at Unique and say, well, he looks like at times a situational pass rusher, like a utility pass rusher. I think Unique got, what did he get last year? About eight sacks. He's got to have a big sack year. And if you're not playing, teams are saying, well, he hadn't played for a year, and he got, what, eight sacks in uh, 2019. It's not going to help his stock to, to, to lay out or sit out or what have you. So the Jaguars have gone about their business. They drafted defensive end pass rusher Josh Allen, who conceivably could probably play linebacker too. And they drafted Josh Allen in the first round back in um, 2019. This year in 2020, they drafted another pass rusher in the – you know, in the mid to late part of the first round. And Caleb on chase on, he can play linebacker, defensive end. He can even drop into coverage. So, I mean, you got a lot of hosses that can play, that can play the, 
the edge position. Josh Allen, and Josh Allen's more than an edge rusher. He, he could be a tackling machine. So overall, Josh Allen, in my mind, and in the future, is going to be a better player than Unique and Gakwe. Unique has just been in the league longer. He has more experience. However, experience starts going out the window when you sit out the year and don't play. And then you, you know, you act kind of like a crybaby. I'll say it, crybaby, because the team will not trade me. So the Jags have been relatively smart by drafting Josh Allen in 2019 as an edge pass rusher. Caleb on chase on in 2020. So they got a couple of guys that can do what unique does right now in order for the Jaguars pass rushers to be effective. They have got to stop the run. If they don't stop the run and, and let me tell you, the Jags opponents are going to run the ball, run the ball. I mean, look, the Titans have just re-signed Derrick Henry. The Jags got to, face him twice a year. The Jaguars opponents are going to continue to pound the rock. They're going to run the ball until the Jaguars can stop them. So what happens is you run the ball, you run the ball, you run the ball, and you never really get into that that third down and five or that third down and seven, third down and eight, or what have you. And the pass rushers really like that third down and nine or ten where they know the team's definitely going to pass and the quarterback's going to drop back. That's when they lick their chops and say, I'm going to get me – I'm going to get one of my statistical sacks on this play because sports has become situational. You're not going to get a sack on third down and one or third down and two and probably not third down and three. But on third down – and six yards or more, they got a chance to get a stop. Or they got, well, they got a chance to get a stop and they got a chance to get a sack. So, what I'm saying, I'm saying this the Jaguars got to stop the run, or there won't be as many sacks to hand out to the pass rushers. And the Jags, if Yannick and Gakwe elects to play, they got three pass rushers. I really believe the Jaguars, I mean, the ball is in the court of Unique Ngakwe. He either plays and racks up and goes to the window and gets his over $1 million check each game, or he sits out and he doesn't. You mean he's going to give up $17 million and sit out and, and hope and wait? And the Jaguars could do the same thing to him again? In 2021, I don't know. It depends on what's in his head and, you know, will his representatives let him do that? You know, because they got, they got money to make too, right? They, they get a piece of the action, so to speak. So that's my kind of my final take on Unique and Gonkway. You know, talking about the Redskins, I guess we can still call them the Redskins, although they actually retired the name a few days ago, so – they're just the Washington NFL franchise. I'm going to see if I can pull up some information on if there's anything new going on with the uh, Washington, you know, the Washington name for the team. 
they did re- officially they did retire the Redskins name a few days ago. Now I pull up some stuff on Washington name for the team. Still says Washington Redskins. But what will the new name be? What will the new name be for the Redskins? Now I, I've been hearing I've been hearing uh, you know the Washington Red Wolves you know, also the Washington Warriors, but then there's the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. Now, what Washington's doing, and they've had some other issues, management issues, as you know, from, uh, you know, and it's been under the direction of Dan Snyder, you know, although he's not done anything, you know, to this juncture legally wrong, but apparently there's been some, you know, maybe some abuse of powers by, some of the people uh, below Dan Snyder with uh, some of the female employees, if you understand what I'm saying. So I do see something about a clear favorite, which is starting to emerge. Let's see. You know, we've talked about the Washington Red Wolves. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but apparently we are. But it looks like um, what will the new name be? Well, potentially, it looks like a favorite for the new name is the Red Wolves. We've also heard the Red Tails, which would um, honor the Tuskegee Airmen uh, in Alabama, I I believe. The Tuskegee Airmen. Um, So we've heard Red Wolves, Red Tails. A lot of names. You know, I, I kind of like the Red Arrows if they if they had to change the name. But Nike pulled the stuff off the shelf, so they're having to. So, in other words, the Nike dollars would go away unless they change the name, because they've taken the Redskin stuff off of their their block as far as merchandise. I think FedEx, I believe FedEx is 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 threatened to pull their money too unless the name is changed so that's why that's partly why the name is going to be changed obviously so it could be the red wolves the red tails the warriors and again i like red arrows but i found out later i did some research on the red arrows and the red arrows are actually uh, a uh, kind of a a jet or airplane acrobatic team in england that they're kind of like England's version of the Blue Angels. So I, I don't think the Red Arrows is going to happen, even though I, I did like the name because the Redskins, you know, on their vintage early 1970s helmet, they had that helmet with the arrow, and I liked that a good bit. So we'll see what happens. It looks like, though, it won't be the Red Arrows. I don't think it's going to be the Red Tails. Boy, can you imagine the headlines? Dallas kicks some red tail. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Uh, Warriors, uh, whether it's the Red Wolves or the or the Warriors, um, what what they're doing now? They're checking on all the trademarks to see if there's going to be any problem with the new name. They're not going to want to have a problem with the new name, you know, especially as far as the politically correct folks so we'll see what happens they're taking their time with it i thought they would have had the new name by now the best thing that's happened to washington 
the NFL franchise Washington is that Ron Rivera actually took that job. Ron Rivera has taken the Washington job. I won't say Redskins job, but they were the Redskins when he took the job. Now he's taking, he's actually taking the job and now they got to pick a new name for the team. So Ron Rivera, if he can win any games at all, he, you know, he may end up being the coach of the year. So we're going to talk about things actually happening as far as games. Now the elite indoor football league is, is still playing here in Jacksonville. You know, through COVID-19, even though the deaths of COVID-19 are up, you know, from about uh, 81 deaths to 93 deaths as of July 19th. Now, as we record this podcast, the Elite Indoor Football League is still going at it at the Ice and Sports Complex uh, near Emerson and Phillips. Uh, the um, the Southern Steam did not have the availability of quarterback George Grant the last game. However, for today's game, quarterback George Grant is expected to be available for the Southern Steams game with the Carolina uh, Cowboys today. Uh, today is Sunday, uh, July the 19th. The uh, doors open at 5 o'clock p.m. Game starts at 6 o'clock p.m. You can contact Bobby Damrell, Coach Bobby Damrell, who's also the owner of the Southern Steam. Keep in mind now, seating is very limited. Limited seating, and they do except for the players in the actual game who are playing. Everyone else has got a social distance. Football is not a social distancing game. People tackle each other, and I think everybody understands that. So elite indoor football is basically the only indoor arena uh, football going on in the entire nation right now. And I've been to a couple of the games Southern Steam is now 2-1 and one going into their uh, fourth game today on the season as they play the Carolina Cowboys today at the Ison Sports Complex uh, located on Emerson and Phillips uh, here in Jacksonville. So, again, it's elite indoor football. I wish quarterback George Grant, uh, head coach Bobby Damerell, and the entire team. I've had a chance to meet most of the players, great guys. If you get a chance, check out one of these games. Uh, if you do purchase a ticket to go to the game, I believe they're only like $10. So it's very, very affordable entertainment. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Well, you are tuned in. You're tuned into the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Scott. Uh, thank you for listening. COVID-19 has, has caused a lot of difficulty everywhere, particularly the sports world. Major League Baseball is having spring training in July, and the season is actually going to open up with what they're calling official opening days. You know, baseball always says, hey, we're getting ready to have opening day. Opening day this year, if everything goes well, will be July the 23rd and July the 24th. One of my favorite networks, and I believe some of the games are still on ESPN, but one of my favorite networks, is the Major League Baseball Network, because not only do they show games, they give you extended information on what's going on, you know, and of course, you know, talk about all the teams. Uh, they also have some nice um, old baseball movies on the Major League Baseball Network as well, which I, you know, quite frankly, I enjoy the Major League Baseball Network 
more than I enjoy ESPN now. As far as ESPN, I really only like to watch ESPN when maybe they're having a game I want to watch that's on ESPN. So that's kind of how I feel about ESPN these days and and the way it's been for the last few years now. ESPN was great when they started years and years ago, but now it's a lot different, a lot of different talking heads over there. I don't want to get into all of it, but uh, some people refer to them as the mothership. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a lot going on besides them. You got to, you know, if you like baseball, there's Major League Baseball Network. If you follow the NBA and they're supposed to be starting up with games July 30th and July 31st, you know, playing in the bubble in Orlando, there all the games are going to be right in Orlando. Can you imagine that? You know, right there with Mickey Mouse and everybody. I heard one of the basketball courts is actually going to be right like in the middle of one of the hotel lobbies, but they say it's state-of-the-art. There's not going to be, to my knowledge, there's not going to be fans. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like. It'll be on TV. There's no doubt we'll be able to see them on TV. So the NBA starts uh, July 30th and July the 31st. Major League Baseball with opening days. Inching closer now, July 23rd and July the 24th. Now, as far as my North Florida entertainment goes, I will say this, you know, I've, I've enjoyed watching a lot of movies. I enjoy sports documentaries, especially sports movies. And I will tell you the Southeastern Conference Network, the SEC Network, which actually is a subsidiary Basically, it's owned by ESPN, who, you know, their mark has always been done to own most of college football anyway. But I did enjoy on the SEC Network watching the storied documentaries and movies. And I will tell you on Saturday, on yesterday, the history of SEC football on the SEC Network. I mean, it took me all the way back to my childhood, even earlier than that, before I before I was around. And, of course, my later adulthood, too. Great conference, the SEC. You know, I I think they had, what did they have? They had seven different chapters, seven different episodes that they ran. All of them they ran on, on Saturday, part one through part eight. I'm sorry, there's eight, actually eight parts of Saturdays in the South, a history of SEC football. I didn't catch it all, but I saw a good bit of it. It is outstanding. You know, I'm sure they're going to show it again, but it was shown on the SEC Network on Saturday, July the 18th. I mean, let's face it. It's COVID-19 programming because we're, you know, we're not really getting any games. College football is another interesting thing. But let's talk about Saturdays in the South. I mean, when I, when I, watch, when I watch like part two and it talks about Bear Bryant, you know, in 1958, Bear Bryant goes home and he, he took the Alabama job and the rest is history, no doubt. The uh, Georgia championship season in 1980, the last time they won a national championship. Steve Spurrier's great teams, you know, basically in the 1990s. And, um, you know, going back to Alabama, the story of Joe Namath going to Alabama from Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, when, when Joe took uh, – one of the exams to go to college, and I think he fell a couple of points short, you know, on his uh, his his test. You know, it, 
and then he got a call from uh, somebody from Alabama. His mother packed his bags, and the next thing he knew, he was visiting the tower uh, down there, I guess, in Tuscaloosa where Alabama practiced. I think he was one of the only football players ever to go up in Bear Bryant's tower. Uh, 40 stairs to the top of that tower. And um, Bear Bryant called him up there. And he went up there, and he got to hear Bear kind of operate from the tower. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But Saturday's in the south. Man, that is great. It's, you know, I enjoyed the Leonard Skinner movie a while back, several weeks ago. If I leave here tomorrow, Saturday's in the south is just as good or even better than the Leonard Skinner movie. Saturday's in the south, the history of SEC football. And I watched a good bit of it on Saturday, July the 18th on the SEC Network. I talked to someone yesterday that said, hey, I'm recording all of them. Isn't that interesting? Good shows, great history from a, from a great conference, the SEC. Now, if we take a look at what's happening real quickly, you know, with college football right now, you know, I, I will quote, you know, I'll actually quote, quote Paul Feinbaum. Everybody knows who Paul Feinbaum is. Paul Feinbaum, who did a radio show, I think he was on one station, then two stations, and then three stations in Alabama. I guess Paul was a a sports writer at one time. And uh, Paul Feinbaum, you know, and then he turned, you know, all those stations in Alabama, they went from one to three stations. And I think the entire state of Alabama was on the Paul Feinbaum radio network. And then all of a sudden, Paul... I guess gets his call from ESPN and now he's on the SEC network and Paul Feinbaum, he kind of brings in the crowd. I mean, he, he brings in the Southern crowd for ESPN, a, a crowd I think that they've been losing for the last several years. I was listening to the buddy Martin show who we do. Um, we do actually, uh, run and uh, post uh, Buddy's uh, talk show, Buddy Martin out of Ocala. We do post his uh, talk show on our Facebook group, BigJReport.com Facebook group. Uh, Buddy Martin on his show interviewed Paul Feinbaum, and um, he, he asked Paul, you know, will there be a season? Paul Feinbaum went on to say, I'm not optimistic, not a lot of good vibes, hoping for a miracle, yes, or the season could be delayed. Paul Feinbaum went on to say, don't know if we're going to have a season. So we're all kind of waiting. We know some of the conferences have canceled or postponed football. I know the Big Ten made the announcement of only playing conference games. The SEC is talking about playing 10 games. Um, I think they normally play, the SEC normally plays, what, about uh, eight conference games? And I think the SEC is still hoping to play a couple of non-conference games where they may have at least a 10-game schedule in 2020. But will there be college football? Paul Feinbaum, one of the college football gurus who talks to a lot of people, is saying he's not optimistic. And Paul finally said, don't know if we're going to have a season. Don't know if we're going to be having a season, according to Paul Feinbaum. And he's as big as Southern college football gets, obviously, Paul Feinbaum. So 
that's kind of where we are with COVID-19. Looks like the NFL is going to play. I mean, they're going to play. They're developing some some new helmets to protect the players from COVID-19 while they're playing. However, all the players that are playing in the games are not supposed to even have COVID-19 because they've been tested. So, And they're going to continue to be tested. And there's a long list of rules. You know, there's a long, there's an absolutely a long list of rules that I want to tell you. I don't want to go into all the rules, but every sport, whether it's the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL, and college football, that's why some of the smaller conferences like the Ivy League and the MEAC and conferences like that and the Colonial have already canceled their season in the fall. There's some that say, hey, we might be able to make it up in the spring but especially the conferences and the programs that don't have the money. It is going to cost a lot of money to operate college football in a COVID-19 situation. All the testing that's going to be done is going to cost a tremendous amount of money. And I was listening to an athletic director the other day from one of the colleges where they've, uh, where their conferences canceled college football or postponed college football in 2020 already. He said, what about the buses? When we take buses, you know, from a, from a hotel uh, to the stadium, or, or we even take buses to a game because we're a smaller college or university. What about the buses? They got a social distance on the bus too. How can they get all, how can they get all the players on these buses? They're going to need more buses to social distance everybody. So it's quite interesting. It appears to me that if there is college football, it is going to be the programs with the most money, the SEC, the Big Ten, et cetera, you know, the Big Five conferences, in other words. So a lot of it has to do with you need a lot of money to operate during a COVID-19 situation if you're going to play college football in the fall. And I think that's part of why Paul Feinbaum, you know, who's on the SEC network with a talk show, and and I don't get a chance to watch him very often. I really only heard him during, um, you know, Buddy Martin's uh, talk show out of Ocala, out of Ocala, Florida. So as Paul said, he's not optimistic. He doesn't have a good vibe for, for a season to be played, but we'll see. So that's where we are. There's so many games from the past. Right now, we're seeing all the best of the past, all the retro games, whether it be baseball, college football, the NFL. Man, there's been a lot of games played over the years, and we're seeing all of them during the COVID-19 situation, no doubt. So Major League Baseball says they're opening July 23rd and July the 24th. NBA says they're playing in a bubble. Everybody's playing in Orlando starting July 30th. And July 31st, it doesn't look optimistic yet for college football. If they play, it may get delayed a month, maybe into October, if 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 they play. That's a big if. The NFL looks like the, they're going to sit back and watch Major League Baseball start, the NBA start, and continuing to buy themselves time, even though the NFL's taking the preseason games down to 4-2. to two, if they play the two preseason games, they're still going to have to be played in mid to late August before the regular season starts. In August, mid-August, because actually the training camps 
for NFL players are supposed to start in just the next few days. So, you know, the whole key is what we've been saying all along. Is it going to be better in 30 days from now? Is it going to be better in 60 days from now? Let's hope so. Let's hope COVID-19 will start a trend of going back the other way where we're not having as many cases. That's going to be the key for sports. The only league playing right now is the Elite Indoor Football League, and it's basically because they can do it because they're playing in a much smaller building. They're not playing in front of thousands of people. They're playing in front of hundreds of people at the ice and sports complex. Only a hundred, you know, counting the players, the fans. I, I couldn't tell you how many, but it's it's going to be something like one to, you know, 100, 200 people, 300 people. I mean, I can go around and count heads at the game uh, this Sunday, but we'll see. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Thank you for tuning in. It's all about the Jaguars. North Florida Entertainment. Yeah, the concerts have all been for the most part, canceled or postponed or rescheduled, most of them for next year. So we don't really have concerts to talk about in North Florida and surrounding areas. We do talk about North Florida entertainment where we can and when we can. We do talk about North Florida entertainment, other area sports like the Elite Football League and the Southern Steam. I've enjoyed the games. I've been to a couple of games already at the Ice and Sports Complex here in Jacksonville. It's a smaller venue. So they're able to play over there. Social distancing is observed, except during the actual game that's going on. There's tackling. There's people running into the boards, players all running into the boards together. So elite indoor football is the only arena or indoor football league playing at this time. I've been to a couple of games. Southern Steam, they got some really good athletes. In fact, uh, Coach Bobby Damerall, uh, told the Teal Shirt Report and BigJReport.com that he's got like nine or ten players on his team that could most likely play in the upper echelon arena and indoor football leagues. And he does. They've got some talent. They've got some talent on that Southern Steam team. So check them out if you can. Uh, contact Bobby Damerall. Uh, if I don't have his number on the website, we'll make sure we put his phone number on the website where you can call him in regards to tickets. The tickets are very inexpensive, but keep in mind, tickets are on a limited basis. They're about $10 a piece, but tickets are available with uh, on a limited basis due to COVID-19, obviously. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. I do want to thank the folks listening in Wales at the uh, Garden Club in Wales, Andy, uh, Andy Powers, you know, they, uh, well, you know, they do more than gardening over there. You know, they got bird feeders and things like that over there. And um, it's actually a garden and wildlife project where they put some bird feeders up. They got gardens, flowers. That's Milton Court Garden and Wildlife Project in Wales. I want to thank Andy Powers and his group for listening in they have and we appreciate them listening to the teal shirt report the teal shirt report is now listened to in as many as 14 states internationally across the world everywhere i mean england we got a good good group of listeners in ireland also some folks in canada around montreal canada uh england the uk wales i guess wales is the uk germany um 
New Zealand. I've seen people listening everywhere when I've taken a look at the uh, Anchor.fm stats. So, and again, you can catch us on Anchor, Spotify. We're on Google Podcast. I mentioned Spotify, right? Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Pod Paradise. Uh, we're even on Apple, Apple Podcast as well, and Buzzsprout. Check us out again real soon. My name is Scott, and you are listening to the one and the only Teal Shirt Report. And you can follow us at BigJReport.com, too. Have a great day. My name is Scott. I'm out.